paper, just two years of the 64. Also from Pasadena. And then here's, here's one of the only other few portraits I've ever seen. One of Emerson Wolfler. Now, was he someone you met in Chicago at the ID? No, actually, I met him in in, Pasad in, uh, in Aspen because he was he came on that first weekend from Colorado Springs. He was one of the. He was teaching in Colorado Springs. Uh huh. And he was a friend of Aaron's, knew Aaron, and he had seen my show in New York at at the uh, at the Egan Gallery. Ah. So you see, it's the top tickets. He's one of these people that had touched bases in all these different places. Everywhere, yeah. This guy's done a lot of work for me. A lot of work for you? I mean, what do you mean? In terms of connecting, kind of, and yeah. spreading the word? He has touched that yeah, What is his own uh, work? Is he He's a, a very, very, very fine painter. Because he was associated with Black Mountain College, just That's for a very, very brief period yes. of time. Yes. Near the end. So he knows Jonathan very well, too. So. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> what is he doing now? Do you know? Are you still in touch with him at all? Uh, he's yeah, he's teaching in Los Angeles. He's been in Los Angeles for many years now, and uh, he's teaching at one of his art schools in Los Angeles. Where where was this? He's a very painting? good, very good, uh, very good, and very inspiring teacher. I haven't noticed. And this was taken in a, in in uh, his backyard, but you'd hardly be able to. His backyard. His backyard, which was a. There was a house on a, on a, on a lot that was a, that was a slope almost like that, you know, and you just barely walk along <laughs> here, you know. And there were some trees over here, somewhere you can just barely see, but here. And somewhere next to the house, they had this little construct like this, although made of all of these twigs, you know, just put together like that. Uh -huh. I don't know whether that had been a flower arrangement or something. Some oddball that put that together. Was this, was this in, in Colorado Springs? That, no, this was in Los Angeles. Quite <coughs> ah. many years later. Uh huh. And so I, you know, was trying to take some. I had a new lens to test. I was actually testing that. All your portraits are new lens test. So I, I uh, saw this thing uh, standing there, and I said, "Try holding this, you know, just like that." See? So he, you see, he's holding this thing here, right. his other, other hand is down here someplace. And uh, it also makes a frame. Frame of himself. Yeah. So it, now it's a very, it's a, it's what's left of a tremendously rich and bright gold frame. Yeah, right. The skeleton of yeah. a Rococo. And it was curious, there was a, there was a plant growing here on the side that just had this, you can see how fresh this is. Perfectly fresh. That just happened to be there. The stem happens to be coming up there. And he was just holding, actually, you know, actually was <coughs> in this direction. I was house, and I was standing here, and he was looking this way, and there was the hill down this way. Mm. I actually got another two shots of this, a little bit differently. So this would have been 35. This is 35. Yeah, 35. Mm -hmm. It makes a very decent thing. Okay, now this is. As you can tell, this was a cover of Aperture that I, that I got this. This is the only uh, one of these I could find, and this will have to stand for what I assume is a larger group of these. Well, there are only two. There are yeah. only two? There are only two, but I, I, made, uh, I made quite a few more. 
this was the cover of the magazine. It actually has a stamp of the library. <laughs> which upset me when I saw it, but that's just a library it's thing. It's funny because it's almost placed in perspective. You know, <laughs> and you know, like you could, you know, it's sort of the sense of the way uh, somebody could have engraved it. Yeah. You say there are just two of these that you've uh, that, that, published, that, so to that, speak. Uh, that really survived this thing. I tried, you know, a number of things on the same idea, the same thing. One is a horizontal, one is a vertical. Yeah, would the, would the working method really be analogous to what we were talking about with a pile of clippings and picking things up and putting things together and, and not trying to... Well, that, uh, this particular thing has three sheets. One, two, and three. Uh -huh. And they're, they're pleated, you know, accordion pleated. You just fold them over and you know, you know, try try to make them about the folds are about approximately the same <coughs> depth without right. without being too too fussy about it, and uh, and uh, then folding them, and then you have the advantage. Well, then then you look for another one of these to see what happens if you can lay it. You know, lay this down, and you can lay these folders into each other over each other, uh -huh. so that you get a sense of continuity. And you can push it up a little bit this way, or you can interchange them, and and uh, you know keep trying. And this is actually a uh, this is actually a Romanesque arch, room, you know, completely circular. Uh -huh. That in in folding up like that became a Gothic arch. This is exactly what how Gothic architecture came about. <laughs> so I was just pursuing history <laughs> in the proper order. And then it was photographed with eight by ten. Then those photographs here, but then, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I just have, I think, two more. This is one of the later cut papers, yeah. which is uh, in focus. Now, would this have been 35, or did you photograph some of these with the larger? No, that's 810. That's 8 by 10. That's 4 by 5. Well, was that, was that actually 4 by 5? 1967. Really? Is it 4 by 5? This was published in Aperture along yeah, with the talk. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay, so I stand correctly. Yeah, because it isn't, it isn't all that, uh, that you know, yeah, type of image. Uh, four by five is plenty, plenty, really. Is this a four by five, too? Yeah. This is from the same This is also a four by five? Mm -hmm. The, uh, actually, with the improvement in that's lenses and film, over the 30 years that elapsed between the start of eight by, your 8x10 and this being a 4x5, the quality is, although the contact printing and the margin is different, but it's a... The quality is still different, and that's good, because you know, it gives a great variety. Yeah. I got a print uh, that's actually off of a, it's not even a full uh, uh, tuna quarter. Uh -huh. It's amazing what a beautiful enlargement that makes, you know, it has a softer quality. Yeah. And some things about that I don't think that have ever been that good with a, with a uh, you know, an 8 -10. No, it's a different thing. It's a, it's a, one, one learns to really see it. Uh, Let me just ask one question. This latest piece that I have here is 1967, which is getting to be 10 years ago now. Um, and what I, what I want to ask is what, what work has there been in that, in that period? Uh, since, 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 then, since this last published image. Well, uh, most of the... Uh, we can work on that. Yeah, well, let's just Most of the things, uh, uh, well, let us say, none of most of the things. I did a lot of cut papers, actually. Uh, 
and also uh, also got started into into eleven fourteen contact. Oh, you're working yeah, with 1114 yeah, camera? Yeah, yeah. Oh, none of that stuff has been published, has it? Harold has two. You know, he have two down there? One of which is a cut paper. Yeah. What's one the, what's one large cut paper, and he has one picture of that, that it's, piece of wood. It's a section of that. Uh, with a violin. Same with, large one with the, the shape of a violin. Wood and a violin down in the lower right-hand corner. So Harold has that many. I didn't call that one at all. He may not have had it there. Yeah. Maybe it was in Timbuktu. <laughs> I'll look again if I have time tomorrow. <laughs> well, um, but it's essentially it's been worked along those lines. There's a lot more. There's a lot more to be done. Oh, I miss it. It's it cut paper. Just uh, oh, that's just the end of because it's it's uh, what it really is. Uh, it's like like uh, I used to spend. Uh, Hours and hours drawing years, many years ago, mm-hmm. and this is just drawing with a knife. You can do it very freely. You do it in a large sheet, and uh, so on. Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe we should stop work on this recorder. See if we can put it out of its agony. Would you Would you get me the uh, the uh, print? For the, the you want to do that right now? Spot. Yeah, that's. Uh, okay. That's just feedback. I thought, huh? <laughs> <laughs> the other one, huh? Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, okay. No, but really, uh, you should in, you should interview Alex. Oh no, I, I fully. Oh, it's, it's crazy not to. Absolutely, it would have been just. Uh, yeah. You know. No, it's really part of my plan. Bird? Jeez, every noise now, you know. I oh, that was, yeah, that was part of it. <laughs> Did you put some more uh, goo on it? Yeah. yeah, I put it a little bit, a little happier than it was, but it's going to make a little noise. So we just have to work with the microphone so. Um, well, in terms of the sort of chronological details, we've come pretty close. We've kind of gotten things that follow up to the present and back, and we've talked about your trip to Europe. Uh, let's talk about uh, the Aperture Monograph, which finally came out, as you said, 12 years after Miner first broaching the idea. 
that he wanted to, st you know, he wanted to see some of my things published. That's yeah. that's that was his first statement. Now you you designed that publication, is that true? Uh, I didn't really do that. Uh, what I did was uh, I had the, uh, I had the, of course, the, uh, uh, the photographs and the, and then the, the material, these semi-poetic uh, uh, the semi, the semi -poetic statements, you know, and, uh, and, uh, and what we did, you know, Minor came over here with a young friend of his, and uh, and what we did, we just put the photographs. My miner was out there in the, on the porch. This was summertime, and I was out in the porch there working mm -hmm. uh, on his own problems, typing and so forth. Mm -hmm. uh, this guy and I, this guy had worked with miner before on, on problems of this layouts and things like that. Do you recall who that was? Wasn't Larue? Larue, yeah, yeah. Bill Larue. Bill Larue, yeah. yeah. And Bill, Bill is very, very knowledgeable and, and, and easy to get along with. And, uh, and also understood minus foibles, really, I mean, in, in, the, in, the, in a humorous way, too. I mean, very <laughs> constructive. Uh -huh. So uh, we just took the photographs that uh -huh. I had that I, that I thought were, were, you know, could possibly be used, and we just stood them around the, the room, in a way. We just, we started over there. I don't know how we did this. We just had a... Laid them all out. Yeah, we just had a way so that we just could go along, you know? To order to and yeah, and we showed this to Minor, uh, you know, showed this order to Minor a few times. We'd come in and he'd have a few suggestions, but but very very little, you know, really. He didn't. His suggestions were very good, but uh, they were very few, really basic. Mm -hmm. And uh, then we also uh, did a little speculating uh, on. Then we uh, once we had certain things sort of grouped together, we started to speculate. Where we, where uh, you see, I had so many pages of uh, text. Right. How are, where are we going to slip in this text? Where they would be. And good. then we we started to think of a little bit in terms of uh, this photograph. You know, should fa you know if it's looking face. sideways, should face this particular text. Should we yeah. refer to it? And there's several situations whether that's very important. It wouldn't make any sense if it wasn't mm -hmm. that way. And uh, we worked it out, and, and uh, I, f I forgot what. Jesus, I, 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 yeah, I didn't have all of that text worked out, and I think I just. But the text had to face, you know, some of those things. Mm -hmm. so, um, or anyway, there was. Uh, I still had the chance, you know, that pagination could still be worked out. But eventually, the uh, the order, you know, I had the order. And I had the uh, and, I, and I had the text for it, Were and that was just and that's that's what mine I had, and then and he wrote this tiny little thing on the side there, the oh, front, yeah, that, that which the which uh, it kind of it's confusing actually. Yeah, he makes a statement which just seems almost silly, really, about uh, working in the four great traditions of camera of uh, camera work and documentary and this, and uh, mine was very fond of these categories. It, it, it hasn't helped very much. Some, in fact, what is bad too is that some some people have have uh, loosely looked at that and thought that I had wrote that text almost. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, if you look closely, that's clear though that you didn't write that. That I didn't. Uh, uh, so were you pretty? Were you by and large quite pleased with the result then? I was very pleased with the result. The, my objection, uh, uh, any, was that the the uh, the uh, the size of the text, the, uh, you know, whatever the word is, size the of the type. type, 
was just one tiny bit too large. Mm -hmm. But I liked the way the, the Jimmy had handled it. I would have, it's a little, you know, if we make it too one big, it, yeah, it become, it's becomes a little bold, a little bit aggressive, a little bit. Uh, in fact, it begins to look like children's books. <laughs> and American books look mostly like children's books. Yeah. Some of the best American books are children's books. <laughs> That's a, that is forgivable. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, that was in 62, actually probably 63 when it really came out. It's theoretically a 1962 issue of Aperture, but I think it appeared actually in early 63. Yeah, no matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and in 61, there was another show at the Museum of Modern Art just before this that you were also, and it was a, called The Sense of Abstraction. And let's just talk for a second. Oh, I think we've referred to it in our, from our earliest discussions, but about the use of the word abstract in relation to photography. Um, it seems to, to have a, a limited use. It's uh, very, very poorly, and it's, it's it's disturbing to people. It's disturbing even uh, even we we realize. Now that we're getting down to the to cleaning up the linguistics of this, it's becoming clear that it's disturbing even to the people in the avant-garde. You know? mm -hmm. Because uh, what are you trying to say? Are you trying to say that something isn't there? You see, there's this implication. Uh, it's it's low, and now now we know that what what the implications are, and it's low on con on subject matter, low on content, you right. know, or, or or low on content that is uh, nominally subject matter, you know, right. and, uh, and this makes for a lot of confusions. So what we really should say is that uh, to go back, you know, the way you you uh, you know uh, slipped into it, and you I think you used that same procedure the other day. It's just a question of, of, uh, of really facing up and saying the only way we can deal with it is quantitatively and qualitatively. Well, that's the way it is in science and with all things. Mm -hmm. It is, when you, you, there's no such thing as, as, as quantitatively something about itself, about nothing. Mm -hmm. it, is, it is so much of something. If you say it's a, it's a, a kilo, mm -hmm. that's an abstract concept, to be sure. Right. But if you say it's a kilo or something, and it, it certainly if it's in, in an applied situation like you know, something that's an existent in a painting like subject matter, mm -hmm. then it weighs so much that it's so much that it's something. Mm -hmm. So it's always quantity and quality are twin conditions. Mm -hmm. you, can, you can't think of them apart. All right, now, the... Uh, then what happens is, if you say a, a painting tends to be abstract, it's hard to say whether you refer it to its general tone and mood, or whether uh, it is more abstract in some areas than others. See, now if it's, uh, it's it could be just more abstract in in, uh, in its field uh, patches that are still left where there isn't anything going on, that's abstract. See? If you have a lot of background, that's abstract, a lot of background that is undefined. That's abstract. So uh, uh, it it is a, it is a, 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 it's occupier in space huh? in picture in picture space in this case. So it's position and occupier. It is the relationship of position and occupier that is at stake again. And we get, I mean, I really want to write a catechism practically on this thing. 
because it's otherwise you can see it's no in trouble. Yeah, it's at best a, a funny word. Um, let's talk about light gallery a little bit. Um, actually, I don't have the exact date, but I assume it was around 1970 or 71 that light gallery started. About 71, I suppose. Yeah. Now, uh, when that gallery, when the, the idea was being got together in New York, was it Harold who contacted you, or was Tennyson uh, the one who had done the groundwork? Uh, no, the first, it, you know? the first, uh, the first I heard uh, of it was from uh, uh, was from from Aaron who called me up, uh -huh. and he said uh, he said Fred, there's a there there's some people who are uh, you know trying to put a gallery together, and told me about it. And you know, I forgot his what his words were, uh -huh. and he said and then he said there, you know, more than one person involved in this thing. But he didn't say, he said, the, guy, the, uh, the young guy who's putting this together mm -hmm. um, is don't let it bother you or shock you where he's, uh, he's still is up at Eastman House. Uh -huh. And uh, and he's, anyway, he wants he wants to um, have, you know, Harry and me and you and, and so on. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, one is how he should approach you, he's afraid of. Mm -hmm. to contact you directly. I don't know why, why I acquired kind of a, like, a, like I was a wolf or a real mean. Maybe that was because he was still at Eastman House, but yeah, he was afraid. He was afraid. But anyway, so I told him, uh, I said, okay, I, yeah, I'd be interested. And uh, also he, uh, he mentioned that these people were serious, that they were intending to give about four or five people contracts, you know, to, to show their... Sure then I also immediately uh, said to her, I said, well, I hope, I mean, I'm not interested in playing around. I mean, it's just the way in tearing photographs. I mean, I want to sell, yeah. possibility of selling, and it's got to be really stiff. And uh, so when, her, and, okay, so then uh, about a week elapsed, and, uh, and then Harold called me up. <laughs> he was probably a little nervous. Oh, he was very nervous. But he uh, soon realized that that essentially my concern about my things, if I, if I, is is not all, you see, the wear and tear that is, is on my things, on the work, the wear and tear is not all uh, on my time that, that, that bothers me. Uh -huh. It's that people, uh, people always have got projects where they want to use things or borrow things or, and every time, just take some of the life out of these things, and that's what it mildly. Some of some of it gets destroyed, and, mm -hmm. and uh, in the days which are quite over yet, where people were uh, didn't have any respect for photographs because it wasn't didn't have a good price tag on it, mm -hmm. and now they still don't know how to handle it, but they're they're still beginning to, to yeah. be. Yeah, uh, there's still lots of places where they don't handle photographs. Yeah, certainly. But the, as soon as they begin to realize that some real money's been paid, mm -hmm. they are a little more scared. Anyway, Harold uh, uh, said, "Yeah, I, I know you want some prices." And so I think he said, "He says I think I can get the, the money." So, did your prices? What, did they start at 750? They, they started, started uh, yeah, we have the, we still have the list of the, of uh, where the prices started. I mean, that first, uh, they sold some things before the sh first show. And uh, they had sold a number of things, uh, 
before the show opened. And, uh, but uh, there we still have a price list somewhere. So, of, uh, of that. And there we're just about like you say. The highest I think was possibly something like 750. Mm -hmm. And generally they were they were aiming at 500. Mm -hmm. And of course this takes a big, the big chunk goes to the dealer, sure. so people don't realize this. But I don't, I don't begrudge them as long as they, uh, as they sell them, and, and in the meantime, also keep the things in good condition because I, uh, I hate to think that they, you know, get bang them up and then sell them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, the, uh, uh, well, so in that time, I guess Lake Yowie has probably done better and better you know, in general, and uh, has probably gotten to be a, a significant. Real, real thing in terms of sales. Last uh, time, or the time before last, that uh, uh, Victor was here, I had some things that, you know, that really looked sharp. When I was at the uh, landscape, and I was really sharp. And, and I said, you know, I, I said, because I, we've been telling you, you know, so the setting, uh, I did the start of this with Harold, like say, We'll go like this for a while, and in about a year, we'll raise the prices again, you know, to a certain level. We've done this fairly regularly and been able to sustain it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they get a little scared, mm -hmm. but it always turns out that I'm right and sell them. And uh, so I said to him, you know, I, I let you take this. I said, I'm not going to let you take this out of the house unless you try to get 3000 for this one. Mm -hmm. And he said to me, you know, I have three guys who will buy this <laughs> at 3000 <laughs> and I'm gonna when I get to New York, I'm gonna take it. He said to New York, and uh, if you let me take it, and I'm, I'm gonna call these guys up and order them, you know, one after another. As I remember, they asked me you know, various times, and uh, I'm sure. He said, well, the first guy came and bought it. Well, then, uh, then I had uh, had a. Uh, Photograph of these little blocks. Remember, there was a print of this. Lying on the ground, like uh, yeah, yeah. Around the That's right. See, I had a print like that, long too, and it was a beauty. And it was a print, you know, especially. And I, I, uh, I said, oh, here's something that I value very highly. And, and Victor's was sort of cool, uh, <laughs> like saying, well, and you see, he, they visualize, they try to visualize the type of people, you know. And he, right. and he, he just couldn't think of a guy who'd buy it. You know? uh -huh. And I uh, and I said uh, I said uh, uh, no less than two thousand you know but I said uh, don't quibble over it just a little bit you got to fool around with the customer you know, uh -huh. sometimes you know. and so he took it he took it almost a little along to human you know uh -huh. well he sold it to the same guy who bought it that one for three thousand sold it for nineteen hundred dollars. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. So so has has more or less been able to sell anything, as much as you can print, really. That's probably the real bottleneck. <laughs> You're not kidding, that's right. So that, uh, that's pretty much, solved all your problems in terms of having to worry about the work. Yeah, the, uh, pretty good. Now, let me ask you this. In, in, say, in the year just before Lake Gallery came into existence, um, were you almost in a situation where you were selling everything you made anyway? Or was it much really... Was no, no I was... Uh, uh, I was selling uh, less. But uh, you remember, you always have to remember that they... they uh, when I was selling directly, I was losing a big chunk of the commission. See, I, I, I lose, I lose uh, half. Yeah. 
And, uh, and, and it isn't just like I, I just lose one half, or, you know, feel 45 or 50. But it's more than that. We have to make the damn things. We have to buy the materials. And, and God, you can buy the expensive map board is. And so on. When Harold left White, did that make a big difference with your relationship with well, White? Well, I, I was... What uh, kind of difference did it make? Not too much, uh, it seemed. Uh, the, uh, the people, the people that he was uh, training, uh, I think that, you know, appeared to have done a pretty good job. You know, uh, I mean, like like Victor. You know, I think Victor's done a nice job. Victor isn't quite as knowledgeable as the Harold is in some ways. In other ways, he he may even have, uh, you know, his instincts may even be better. It's just hard to. It's, uh, Certainly, if he stays there for a number of years, it'll be. Uh, he just needs a little more time. Uh, yeah. I hope I hope that. Uh, and some of the, and, and the other people working there too are, are quite good. And, uh, I think Harold Harold just knew more about the the photographic uh, world and photographic market, you know, more extensively trained and just a little bit older. Are we ready? But I'm not discounting Victor because uh, you know I, I remember my own experience when I was young. I was a ten good salesman, <laughs> and, and I have a feeling that, that Victor's got some of that. Uh, it's like an eagle going in there for the kill. <laughs> <laughs> so well, that's a, that's a, uh, I guess that's an ability you want the dealer. <laughs> you you sort of dealer. you sort of need it. You yeah. sort of need it. It's not it's not that you do this to every uh, customer, but you have to understand that some things have to just bring certain things. Otherwise, your whole thing is muddy. Yeah. Let me just ask you one thing. We're talking about dealers and eagles, and so on. I'm just thinking, uh, since some people have had experiences with this guy, I just wonder, has Arnold Crane ever come to see you? You know oh, no, I know Crane is not like you to come to see me. <laughs> okay. Oh, good. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, oh, God, I don't have anything I know Crane wants. I know Crane is going to end up possibly, you know, because he's still a young guy. Uh, he, he, may, uh, he may end up in a, in a bottleneck somehow and some crazy thing will happen to him. He is going to end up having to pay fortunes for my things. Because th that's all the only thing he hasn't got. <laughs> Yeah. Well, well, among other things, what happened? But I don't think that that's really would have would, was what really blocked it. Yeah. He was uh, he came to that Chicago talk, uh -huh. and he had a had a camera, you know, snapping around. And so before the the talk got started, uh, he, I had just briefly met him someplace sometime before. But anyway, he. Uh, uh, asked me if it would be okay, you know, if he took a few shots there, you know, because I got into this. And I said, you know, I said, sure, you know, do, do it in, you know, do it in moderation. You know. And I meant it, you know. Well, this, uh, this guy, uh, at, at the beginning, you see, the hard part of a talk is to get started, mm -hmm. see? And so, so but uh, uh, lacking in understanding. Here I, I was, you know, just trying to, 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 to get oriented, you know, how to lay this gradually out because the people have to work with you. Uh -huh. And here he was just, just getting up there and went in front, you know, just shooting like that. And God, I, I stood this for about four, for about four shots, you know. And, on the, uh, and, uh, and, and he would go and sit down again, you know, and he'd come back and do this. Uh, 
that I, I said, you know, um, please lay off. You know, I just, you know, yeah. and I figured that I'd probably uh, never see him uh, directly, you know. But he may have to go into some place sometime and buy something of mine at a deadly price. Oh, I think the right for us, so. Because he's a marked man, you know. Yeah, I mean, everyone people. has an Arnold Crane story. People don't know it. Well, just that little story might be surprised, but... Yeah. Well, gee, maybe I'm in the wrong business. <laughs> See, it's going to make a little noise. <laughs> Tell me how old you are, and where who you are. Who am I? How did, you know, who you are apart from this situation. I'm not going to tell you how I got to America, because I, I don't know. No, but I mean just in general. Right? I was born in Rochester, and that was in 1950, which makes me 26. And... Uh, what 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 sort of a well? Where did you go, where did you go to undergraduate university? Where, let's start well, my my uh, my family lived in, in in Rochester for about I'd say thirteen years after I was born, and my father was was an English professor huh. at the University of Rochester, and he he left Rochester to uh, become an editor of of English anthologies and, and other textbooks for secondary schools at Houghton Mifflin in Boston. Uh -huh. And I guess that was 1960, say 64 or so. Yeah. Uh, and so I went to high school in Lexington, outside Boston, which is where we were living. Mm -hmm. And when it got time to, to uh, apply to colleges, I, I just applied several places. And as it turned out, I got an early acceptance into MIT, which was basically right down the street, right. and I saw no reason for running away uh, from, uh -huh. from Boston or, or family or anything like that, so I, I went to MIT. So what, what, what area of study were you thinking of at that point? I mean, something technical? I don't know that I was thinking, thinking of too much in particular. It seemed, it seemed that physics was a general pursuit, that, that if, I, if I explored that fully enough and, and Became confident in it. I could go other directions. Something in the science. And that's world, oh yes, yeah. and that that's pretty true. And in fact, it turns out possibly uh, mathematics is more general than, than physics in, in in some ways because it again in in the terms that we talk about these things now, mathematics is the language of position, mm -hmm. and when you have a whole grasp of that, you can uh, apply yeah. it to so many situations. But I, I went to to MIT for two years, and then I transferred to Cornell. And the same year I transferred to Cornell, my, my family moved back to New York State yeah. because my father took a job at a, a place called Kirkland College, which is a girls' school associated with Hamilton College. It's not far from where you are. And, uh, it's, it's outside Utica. Huh. So you so say that's, that's not so far away. I probably have seen a sign on the expressway or something for the accident. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. Anyways, I, and so I, I went to, to Cornell for two years and continued with the same line of study in, in, in physics and, and graduated in 1972.
unlike most of my friends, I, I just, I just stuck with it. I saw no reason for, for, uh, you know, running off and taking time off. Although I have to admit that after four years of, of college, it got to the point where I'd, I'd look through the catalog and, and see nothing that appealed to me. I knew, I knew that the, the time had come. And at that point, I, right after I left college, I mean, a week after graduation, I was at a pyron. Now, had you had interest in photography? Obviously, you had interest in photography. They went back. Yeah, in high school, I, I started. There were uh, there were a couple friends of mine who had cameras and dark rooms and so on. And, and one day, I one of one of them just showed me how to do it. How so to do it, right? after I knew how to do it, I just started doing it. <laughs> but in high school, I got involved in a sort of tied up in doing yearbook pictures and newspaper pictures and from. And I, I learned a hell of a lot, actually, because I, I was printing them myself, mostly. And it, it's amazing. Even even if you don't know, even if you're not getting much help, it's, it's, it is surprising sometimes what you can do on, do on your own. You don't know that it's happening, and so it's so much slower. Mm -hmm. But gradually, you begin to develop some, some sense of, of procedure and quality and so on. But I, I was had no interest in... in doing that kind of thing in college. Mm -hmm. So I, I pretty much ignored it in college until I met a art history professor at Cornell who had a great interest in photography. And Cornell also had a good... Who's that? Uh, Peter Kahn. Is he still there? I suppose. I haven't been in touch with him in a number of years. I'd, I'd like to find him again. Yeah. Uh, and Cornell, as it turned out, had a pretty fair collection of uh, slides of photographs. So, he the art history department wouldn't let him have a have a photography course. They considered it at the level of, of basket weaving, and they'd probably never seen any fine baskets either. You know? <laughs> yeah, so, right. so we had to have a, an underground type of photography course. Uh -huh. And as uh, chance had it, one of the guys in this class had been the cook at a pyron their first summer, and I had seen their poster for the first summer, and and was. Thrilled at the idea of being able to go and study with people because I, I knew these names, you know, Siskin, Paul Capnigro, and From so on. Reading the magazines, yeah, and just talking, yeah. yeah. And I, I never knew that these people actually talked to people, talked to people, or got yeah. together or anything like that. So that was exciting, but the, the fact that there was a you know, this cost attached to it was was out of my reach. Mm -hmm. So, but the, so I met the guy who had been the cook there the first summer, and he gave me the address. And, well, what's his name? And, uh, oh God, I don't know. Okay. The vaguest idea. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I, I wrote, wrote Peter. I, I guess I wrote him. Yeah. And we we were in touch, and, and then I called him up later, and and the idea was, well, come on by and and, and see what's happened. You were looking to some kind of work study kind of a thing situation with him, rather than just paying the price. Is what you're hoping to get? Or I don't I have no idea really. <laughs> I, I don't know what I was thinking of, but I just I showed up and. Uh, I, I guess I was I was wondering about possibilities of being on the staff, mm -hmm. and I, I must have visited twice I think, and that would be in the spring of '72, and then it, it wasn't so much my photographic talent that that interested them; it was the fact that I could, could uh, fix busted water pipes and mm -hmm. and stuff envelopes properly and. Mm -hmm. Bake bread or something like this. So yeah. Just, just generally be useful. 
So that that worked out very well, and I just uh, I went there right after right after school. So you spent the whole summer there, or? Well, I I spent sixteen months there. Ah, you started. Did you have that idea when you started? It would be that long, or you just had no? Oh, I I didn't know. You just went and. Yeah. But I I should, in some sense, I should. If you if you want to make this a more complete discussion, I should say something about what happened to physics. Yeah. At least in my mind at at, at this time. Um, because it seems to, to the to the uh, average person looking at this either that I was running away from science, or lost uh, interest which, in general. Which in part was was possibly true because I didn't know quite how I would fit into this scientific community at this time. Uh, or else people people say, well, you went from from physics to photography, and the connection has to be about optics or or lenses or something or, like this. Yeah, chemistry or something. Right, and uh, and that's not really the case either. Uh, the The problem I had with really getting interested in in physics, I I, I think, in school was was the way it was presented. And. The courses are uh, the the course of study you go through is is somewhat there's a flow to it one one course leads in into the next, but there's very little uh, crossover between. I mean, you take a course in me mechanics, and then you you take a course in in electricity and magnetism, say, and you're you're applying some of the same mathematics, some of the, some similar problem solving techniques, but. It, it it was it was always I, I mean I I felt it was always presented in, in separate packages and I never I never got the sense of of, of how these these areas really melded yeah. one, one into the physics. next yeah there was just well, always things kind of yeah in a way and and it was presented as if the problems had been solved here's this package here's what we know here's the way the world is mm -hmm. uh, you never really given a clue about where it came from or how it was arrived at. Or, or where the gaps are, and I did the last term in school. I just started wondering uh, how's this all put together. Mm -hmm. You know, what given a scientist, what does he what does he see? What is he perceiving? What what does he know? Uh, to begin with, how does he put together a, a theory and so on? Mm -hmm. And no, it's a, I was I was interested in, in aesthetics and structure, although I wouldn't have said it quite that way at the time. Yeah. And. And I did some reading, and, and I got. This was my just my last term. I, I I certainly found out some things, although it never got to a point where I could, where I could tie it up and make a make a real presentation. But I, but this was what what was on my mind, and and the idea of going to graduate school, was was to me just, looking at, well as this you know definition of an expert is knowing, more and more about less and less, and in a way that's how it felt to me that. Uh, it would be going. Now I know there there's some very good people in in the sciences and there's in the sciences and they're top-notch physicists. And at times I, I ran into a few of these people like at MIT I did, but it it never it never caught me really at the right at the right time or in the right way. And and now I I can almost say that af after taking a good look at at art and after my contact with Fred and and seeing how an artist proceeds and how and how both thoughts are developed uh, by language and how how a, a pictorial structure is developed through 
through pictorial means, I, I actually have a much greater sense of how a physicist operates mm -hmm. now than I did than I did in school. In fact, right now I probably have more of a sense of how a, a scientist operates than an artist operates because that is still it's it's not a it's not a mystery to me. It's just something I haven't gone through mm -hmm. uh, far enough to to, to, to see it in, in the widest way. Although I'm, I'm certainly good at finding like out about it all the time. Backlog of information relative to about, science. That's right. Yeah. To yeah. fill into the structure uh -huh. of which you, how you're knowing it. Yeah. So okay, that. So here you are at a Pyron, and is it, this is where you met Fred, I assume. Uh, right. Yeah. Now. I, I met. He he was there the first summer, teaching a. It was a nine-day workshop, and the week before him, uh, Emmett Gowan was there, mm -hmm. and that was good because I, I uh, of course, because I met Emmett, I, we're, we're we're good friends. And he also talked about Fred quite a bit, so I, that was a sort of an introduction to Fred mm -hmm. too, which is good. Although I had no idea what what Fred was like. People had said, "Well, you're interested in physics, and this guy talks about science and physics. So you might like him," and so on. Mm -hmm. um, And he arrived a day early. That the workshop was supposed to begin on a on a Sunday. And he arrived with Francis on a on a Saturday. And if if you know what this kind of place is like, it's it's just nonstop activity. Well, well, there's a workshop going, and you know, at least this is the way I had to deal with it. I was constantly running back and forth and doing things. And so that that Saturday afternoon, I just wanted to to lie down or listen to music or something. And here, and here comes Fred and Francis, and I thought, oh God. I, Gotta entertain these people or something. Yeah. But within five minutes, we were just into a discussion about, I don't know, just everything. It was like company around Science at MIT, because he, he knew some people at MIT and he'd given talks there, so we talked about that. And it was just, it was very easy. It was nice. And he had some photographs that week because this was the summer before the show at Light, and so I saw some prints. And of course, they, they were just. They were so different from anything I'd ever seen uh, in photography. And I hadn't looked at, at very much art at all. So it, it, I, it was good that I saw those pictures that, that week because then I could go to the show at light and see them a second time and, and get, get much more from them than I, I could have if I'd just seen them once. Mm -hmm. but, but really, the, the, what really caught my attention uh, but Fred was was the way he he spoke, and the, and the way he used used language and the things he had to say about everything under the sun. Because that that, that uh, well, everybody has has experience with with language from a very very early time, mm -hmm. and and so I was possibly more accustomed to to uh, finding my way uh, really with with language than with with pictures. Although I I got to admit my my sense of language has been greatly altered and I hope sharpened since I've been here. Mm -hmm. But he would say things like uh, like science or you know, he'd, say, he'd say art is no more arbitrary than science mm -hmm. and that kind of thing really bugged me <laughs> and I, you know, I, I had to figure this out or, or follow this up somehow and it was just that week there were all sorts of uh, things that he'd come up with that just were just completely intriguing and, and you you talk and you think you'd be talking about one thing, and then all of a sudden you jump to another subject, and it was, it was like this great leap, and, and it's it's a thrill. It's like you're in midair, just mm -hmm. just being carried along, like you know, jumping from one trampoline to the next, and uh, and that was that was really exciting.
And, and so it's, it's that, that, that. So did, did he come back to Pyron after that, while you were there? Yeah, he came back the next summer for a slightly shorter workshop that was a week. Mm -hmm. And, uh, well, like the, the summer of 72 and the winter of 70, uh, probably early in the year 73, he was there with Francis for just a day. During the resident program, like you mean in the wintertime? Yes, yeah. And then he came back in the summer of 73. Now sometime in the spring of, of 72 I'd written him, a, I mean spring of 73, I'd written him a letter and sent some prints which were a lot nicer than what he'd seen the first summer he was there because I'd been working on them. And, and I just, I, I said, I, I've been here for about a, just less than a year, but I can begin to see uh, the pa pattern developing. Most, most people, if they come back to a pyron one, one year and then the next, uh, the second year they say the same thing they said the first year. Mm -hmm. but, but Fred, the second time he was there, was saying very different things than he was the first time. Mm -hmm. And it, it was just clear to me if, if there was any chance of doing it. Uh, that I would be interested in, in working with him. Well, I, I didn't know what it would entail or on what terms or anything. Mm -hmm. But I, I just wrote a letter. So how did it come about then? Well, he he just said, I think we can work something out. And, mm -hmm. and we talked about it the next summer, and he said, well, come on out as soon as you can, which it turned out that was September. Um, of 73? 73, yeah. So you came on out? Late, it was late, September 25th. And you've been on out ever since? <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I go back east to visit now, but it's, uh, <laughs> I haven't spent a long period of time there. So Although I, I haven't just been in Prescott, I, I don't know if I told you, but... Well, obviously you made this trip together, you all well, made some trip, Well, a right? couple of trips, in, in the first, in the first two years that I was here, supposedly here, working with Fred, I was in Europe for six months out of those two years, mm -hmm. which isn't exactly, you know, just hanging around Prescott. Yeah, right. And the way this happened was, the, the first time, he and Francis were going to go to Europe for about four or five months because he had a Guggenheim. Mm -hmm. And about... Would be in 74? Mm -hmm. Well, let's see, they were, that's right, they were going to leave June, I guess, of 74. So about two weeks before they were, were, were leaving, mm -hmm. and I, I was sort of looking forward to, to a few months on my own here, and mm -hmm. it was a little quiet time to do things. And, about two months before they left, Fred just, just one day, I, there was somebody else here, a friend of ours, and I just walked in and Fred said, well, how'd you like to go to Europe? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I, I just literally, you know, hit the, I didn't quite hit the floor, I landed, I think I landed on the, the on the bed there, but it was mm -hmm. quite a, a surprise. I'd never traveled. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, well, I've been to Canada, but I never traveled out of the country, really, mm -hmm. and I'd never thought too much about it, but, but here was a, a chance, so... So we went, and as, as it turned out, uh, Fred had to come back after a very short time, just about a week, because he, uh, it was just, it must have been just a combination of things. They took a flight all the way from Phoenix to, to New York, and then just after an hour, they left, and we all left together for Scotland. Mm -hmm. And that was, uh, it was cold and damp, and we ended up in, uh, in the basement of a, a place we were staying, and, and so on. I'd, somehow the combination was too much, and and he was feeling very poorly, and, and so they came back. So there I was, uh, in Europe with a, with a three-week Brit Rail pass and a three-month first-class Eurail pass, <laughs> and they, they didn't leave me you know, unfunded either. So I just, the last couple of days before they left, we just made up a list of, uh, 
of museums mm-hmm. and buildings and parks and so on. And I just spent four months going to museums <laughs> and looking at art. And I got, well, starting in Scotland, then I got as far, this is done in a somewhat roundabout way, but I got as far east as Vienna and south as Naples, and then west as Madrid, which is where I left from, mm-hmm. to, uh, to come home. <laughs> but the point is, I, I had never really looked very much at, at art. I'd gone to museums, but, and I'd always been interested in a few things. Uh, maybe the things that related more to my personal experience or something. But as a, as a kid, I just, I just never had much contact with art. So all of a sudden it's, you had this incredible yeah, yeah. contact. Oh, it's just saturation. <laughs> Practically overwhelming. And what, what really surprised me was the fact that I could take it. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I'd gone to museums and I'd gotten exhausted before. Walking around, you get so tired. Cause, and it's, it's because you're not, your attention span is weak. You don't really know. Well, it's not that you don't know. You, it's not... You don't know how to consume these things, mm-hmm. and um, at least that's the way it had been for me. But but the lucky part about this was that I had worked with Fred on um, making some prints from his negatives for let's say three or four months mm-hmm. in the spring of '74, just before this trip. And and this well, this of course was a revelation because the way he he just approaches making a print, and and the degree to which she can talk precisely about what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. And, and by the time June came around, by the time I went to Europe, I had a, a fairly good idea of, of his considerations and, and what had to go into making a print to make it effective uh, for the viewer. And the amazing thing was that when I... Actually, this even happened before I got to Europe. In New York, I saw some Rembrandt etchings at the Pierpont Morgan Library. And it, it, it was like seeing, seeing something I already knew in a way, mm-hmm. because I could tell this guy had the same problems and, and, and was dealing with them in, in similar ways. Now, of course, I mean, it's a fantastically rich field and complex business, and you learn about it all your life. But at least the basic, the basic uh, considerations, the balance and, and the management of light distribution and all were, were handled in ways I could understand, and it's just... A, Incredible feeling, because because then I could just I could go all through Europe, mm-hmm. and and it, everything's different, but everything's the same way, in in, in the way, it, well it's it's a matter of de- matter of design. Um, so you did go all through Europe. Yeah. And you come back, and didn't you you were referring to uh, being in Cairo or something? Did you make another trip together? Oh well, that, let's see. Well, the first time I got back in November. And then, let's see, what was, well, this, this is sort of complicated. Fred and Francis came back here, and then they, uh, he recovered somewhat, and they went back to Europe. Mm-hmm. And he, they went around Italy and, and Morocco, uh, somewhat into Switzerland. I'm not sure exactly where else they went on that trip. Anyways, that, that to some extent covered what he needed to do for the Guggenheim proposal. But the place he, d- he didn't get to and the place I didn't get to was, was Greece. Mm-hmm. So the next fall, uh, he just, sometime in September, I was just sitting here and Fred was lying in the bed and he said, well, if we're going to Greece, we'd better get going. <laughs> and I said, oh, you know, don't say. So we ran down and, and got tickets for Greece. And, and in a couple of weeks, we were off 
again, and this time we stuck together, which was good, mm-hmm. because this time we went together to some museums and, and sites, and it's amazing how, what a, a fine conversation can be engendered by, by the environment in the museum, just because there, there are these beautiful beautiful structures lying around, beautiful beautiful displays. It's like, well, it's like a good meal always improves the conversation. Mm-hmm. So that, that's, uh, did, did he tell you about about the trip to Greece much? I, d- I don't know exactly what he'd, he would want to say one way or well, the other, but, but w- well, it was very good because we, well, we, we took a little tour of the islands, and then we stayed with our friends in Samos for two weeks and then went to a few areas on the, on the mainland to Delphi mm-hmm. and a couple spots in the Peloponnesus, uh, Epidaurus and Mycenae. And then we went to London, which is where so much of the statuary is that was carted away from these mm-hmm. archaeological sites. Right, so it's, uh, so it's a great combination. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so essentially, well, let me ask you this. Um, are you basically uh, working for Fred in the sense of you have no other means of support. Um, well, wait, let, let me just let me just sum up what these trips were all about. Let okay. me just let me just say that uh, after coming back here and really seeing uh, seeing the art, seeing the tradition of art, uh, besides uh, opening a whole new world for me, it made me much more friendly towards Fred. Because mm-hmm. I, I began to, I mean, but well, before I, I didn't know what, when he would say things are done this way or things are done that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I had no way of, of, uh, of saying, well, yes, you're right, or, or well, you know, m- maybe maybe photographers are dealing with these problems just as much as, as uh, other mm-hmm. other artists, although I, I knew that the way we were talking about phot- photographs was completely different from anything I'd ever heard. Let's so, see what was... it, it gave you a kind of a cultural... Uh... Oh, and also, before going, there were, there were all these books around with, with good reproductions. But I never, having really looked carefully at paintings or drawings, I didn't know how to read the reproductions very well. I, I, I couldn't. I didn't have much of a sense of what that was relative to the original. Mm-hmm. And and so after coming back here, uh, for one thing, I didn't. I didn't feel burdened by having to look at every photograph that that was ever you know, came across my field of of view. Uh, I could begin to, to be more discriminating and 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 see what. What merited more you know, careful attention, and and what what had maybe maybe had some good points, but wasn't pulled together sufficiently to, to really be uh, worth having around. And I could also look at the books much more freely and, and effectively. So it it made our our uh, our operation here just much well. We, the pace could quicken up a little bit, and and I could talk about. How photography may be related to the other arts uh, better because I'd seen some of them. You had a and so on. much more of a community of reference. That's right. Yeah. So that, so it's com- it, uh, in a way. Well, this is what what Emmett said talking to him about these these trips, which seem in a way is kind of extravagant and all. But but Emmett said, well, Fred, Fred couldn't afford not to send you to Europe. Yeah. He's going to work with you, right? That's right. That's right. I mean, he, he wants me to, to to really have a background. And. And so it, you know, it's, it's just worked out very well. And that, okay, now you were asking about well, my, my say, support or something? Yeah, I mean, in terms of, you, you, I think you said the other day that you haven't, <laughs> haven't reported any income to pay tax in three years or something. Did I say that? Oh, Don't I, tell anybody. 
we can we can scratch that. But, but um, no, I mean, uh, essentially, working for friends that basically the. I mean, well, I mean, I'm, to put I'm, it in the cold, cold I'm being kept. You can put it that way. Yeah. Okay. No. I, I mean, he's 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 paying me a little bit. I mean, uh, just enough to have some pocket money. You know. mm -hmm. But they're they're feeding me, and I I don't pay rent. Mm -hmm. Up at Lorna's where I stay. Um, there's there's not much to it. I mean, I'm not. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I'm not making Arizona, money. I'm not losing money. I mean, Prescott, Arizona, is a fairly simple way to do it. Yeah. In New York City, it would be a big hassle, perhaps, to do it this way. Hmm. But I don't know. The, uh, huh. Well, I guess that pretty well describes uh, things. I'm tempted to ask you, you know, what do you see in the future? I don't know if that's really a very Oh, from, for myself? Yeah, if that's really a very good question or not, actually. I mean, if you have a good answer, it's a good question. <laughs> if you don't, it's a, it's a stupid thing to consider. I don't, I don't think about it too much. Right? Uh, I mean, well, I mean, if I had uh, if I had tried to plan my life somehow when I was going to college, I never would have ended up here. I'll tell you that. And so I'm not I'm not so trying to plan things out or uh, or think to too hard. I, uh, okay, that's it's in a way it's another it's a situation where I'm, I'm getting a a general education as well as a, a specific education. And if, I, if I'm not involved in, in the same specifics we're dealing with here in the future, hopefully the, the general uh, education is, is strong enough to, to carry me other places. And I, and I don't, I'm not, I'm certainly not against getting involved in the world of science again. Uh, I mean, in, in a way, that would possibly be the most exciting, mm -hmm. yeah. and I'll, but also the most in, inconceivable, you know, at this point. So. Are, are you photographing yourself still and working? Yeah, occasionally. And, um, I'm trying to do some drawing, and and a good good bit of reading, more more reading than I've done in the past. I, I uh, in a way that the my education here in terms of language has been just as I mean I, I value it as much as it, as the education in terms of of uh, of, of pictorial structure, say, or, or photography, mm -hmm. because.